It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you on a wonderful July 19th, the LA Galaxy uh, get dumped by Vancouver on the road. We're going to talk about that. A little surprising, I know, I'm sure, but uh, a lot of thoughts on that. Been thinking about it last weekend, going over some stuff. I think, I think the Galaxy are going to be okay. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Landon Donovan, have some updates and stats and sort of where the LA Galaxy sit. And of course, we're going to get you ready for the RSL game coming up on Wednesday as well. And to do all that, surprisingly, I can't believe it happened, uh, but somehow we were able to make it, make it happen. We've got the panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter, is in Tokyo. You are in the future. Kevin, you are in the future. Yes, I am. You are, you are, it is Tuesday morning. You are in Tokyo for the Olympics, and you're in your hotel room. Is that is that correct? Konishiwa, Joshua. Konishiwa. Konishiwa, yes. Yes, I am, and I am too tired and too exhausted, and uh, <laughs> I, I don't care enough to do any more than just put on my El Paso Chihuahua shirt for the show. It is um, about noon here on Tuesday. Right. As we're recording. Uh, and I, if I get distracted, I have to tell you ahead of time. I just filed my story. We're right in the middle of a busy work day. Um, I didn't get to bed until well after midnight my time last night um, and got up very early this morning to start writing. So if I'm getting questions from editors and other things and I appear distracted, I probably am distracted because I'll be handling all that stuff. That's OK. I, I mean, for the most part, I do the show normally whenever you're here. I do the show all by myself. So you yeah, I don't being, have anything to add. Yeah, I'll just I'll just kind of sit here. Yeah. You being distracted is not going to be an issue uh, for me at all. So um, anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, tell, tell me about, though. I mean, it wasn't a quick trip to, to Tokyo, though, right? Oh, this this story might take a while, but hopefully it'll be interesting. So, um, made the reservations obviously a long time ago. We had to get tested two times. The, the, the amount of documentation and, and paperwork we had to do to come to Japan for the Olympics, it was incredible. We had to get tested for COVID ninety six and seventy two hours ahead of time, and a lot of this other stuff, questionnaires and apps we had to uh, fill out information on. Some of the apps were not even available until after we get to Tokyo, and we were supposed to complete all the apps and enter all our, our health data before we left, where we couldn't, the apps weren't working. So, uh, but a lot of this stuff was inexplicable. Like, why would you need 96 hours and 72 hours ahead of time? Because the 72 hour test would kind of negate the 96 hour test, right? But right. we have to do both. Right. So I go to the airport, I check in my, my, I have a connecting flight LA to San Francisco and then San Francisco to Japan. My flight leaves at 105, 72 hours before 105 would be 105 Thursday. Right. I turned in my COVID test to the woman at United Airlines, and she said, "You your test was completed at 12.58, not 105. So that's actually 72 hours and seven minutes uh, before your flight. Therefore, this test is no longer valid. You need to go get another test. Uh, th that, on the surface, is ridiculous. But I trundle out to the parking lot, get another COVID test that cost $150. They tell me the results will not be available for three to five hours. Well, my flight's in two and a half hours, so that's not going to work. So I go back to rebook uh, another flight, and the woman at the counter says, this test is fine. It's only seven minutes. It's okay. Get on the plane. <laughs> so I did. So one, this kind of, that's the beginning of the story. One person says, no, 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 you can't go. And the other person said, what's the problem? Right. So I get on the plane, fly to San Francisco. The flight from San Francisco to Japan is nine and a half hours. Nine and a half hours to get across the Pacific. Once we get there, we spend six hours in the airport, and then another hour drive from 
Narita Airport to Tokyo. What we were doing in the airport, we were again going over a battery of of redundant tests. I don't know how many times people asked me for the same documentation. At one point we had to go, this was ridiculous. And I think this, I think they were filming us for one of those goofy Japanese game shows because I don't understand how this worked. All of us had to sit down in this chair with this, with this um, kind of a funnel and we had to spit in it. We had to, it was a saliva test. We had to right. spit in it until we could f- get enough saliva to fill up to this black line. Right. And, and then they, then they went and tested that. By the time we were done, there was probably about 100 people waiting in the airport for their test results. Now, why didn't the Japanese bring the test results back in groups of five or six? No, they waited until all 100 test results were done. Right. Then they allowed us to go. So that's six hours in the airport. No food, no water, nothing. Then we get on a bus, right, of maybe 50 people on a bus, everybody packed in there for an hour drive to Tokyo. Right. Okay. We get to Tokyo. Then we go to a bus station where there's taxis waiting for us. We can only get in the taxi one person at a time, even though my colleague and I are going to the same hotel. Right. We ride in taxis one behind the other through the streets of Tokyo to get to our hotel. We had just been in a bus with 50 people. Now- oh, oh, I think we, I think we lost you there, Panda. It's OK. We'll, we'll, we'll get you back. This is uh, unfortunately when as we're doing the live shows and everything else, this is going to be one of those things that happens a little bit everywhere. It looks like you're back. It's good. Am so, I back? I'm yeah, back. yeah, yeah, yeah. We so, got you. So anyway, we get to the hotel after 12, 12 o'clock. I have to file my soccer newsletter first thing when I get there and then a few hours sleep and up to talk to you to, this morning, my time. You lucky guy, evening, you. your time. You lucky guy, you. I'll tell you. Well, um, oh, by the way, my room, I, I, more good news. My room is about the size of a closet. Yes. Um, you could not take a penalty kick in my room because it's not 12 yards in any direction, right, right? Which I guess is a normal hotel room, but even twelve feet, you couldn't take a penalty kick in here. And I am quarantined in here for three days. For three days, you cannot leave your hotel at all. Um, I we are allowed to go outside for fifteen minutes, which is great because the food in the hotel there really isn't any food. But there's a Seven Eleven next door and a McDonald's across the street. Oh wow! So yeah, way, way to take. By the way, in- Tokyo looks a lot like Houston to me. <laughs> I was driving to the streets. <laughs> so far, that's what it seems like, right? It looks a lot like Houston. It looks that's like again. Houston, yeah. Yeah. And I have a a, a beautiful a view outside my room. It looks like a it, it's an alley of some sort, and it looks like. Uh, Dickens, London, this alley. Um, it's probably a lot of murders take place out there. <laughs> the murder alley outside your window. Other, Maybe we'll see some. Other, other than that, though, you're perfectly fine. Everything, everything is. is hey, good I go. know, I know. A lot of people would love to be in Tokyo for the Olympics, and I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm really happy to be here. And I'm looking. You know, it's my third uh, Olympics. Um, third, fourth, fourth. Yes, fourth. I even lost track. It's my fourth Olympics. This will be the 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 most bizarre of all of them have to wear a mask everywhere. Yeah. You know, we were talking before we came on, uh, the Japanese are doing a great job handling, trying to handle the pandemic. And I don't begrudge them anything. This is really complicated for us. And I do think they're making it a little bit hard for foreigners who aren't paying $1.6 billion in rights fees like NBC, right. but making it hard for the rest of us. It's not the LA times have been singled out. We've heard story, horror stories from a lot of other people. Um, but you know, uh, Tokyo itself is a city of 22 million people. Uh, Japan is a large country. The rate of infection here is actually less today. It's a little over 3,000 infections today in the entire country of Japan. That's less than the seven-day average for the state of California. Right. So it's, yeah, I mean, if you're one of the 3,000 people, I get it. You know, I've been an alarmist on this COVID thing from the start, so I'm not begrudging the Japanese. It's just like, there are not bodies in the street that you see. You know, right. we're not stepping over people in body bags. It's not as, as people may perceive it. It's not that. I don't want to say it's not that bad, but uh, you know, it's not. It's not Brazil or or U.S. numbers from the middle of the winter. Right. Right. No, I understand. No, I mean it's a. Uh, it, it's you know, it, it's a difficult sort of thing. I know. I know a lot of people. Well, I mean, we've been getting information that Olympic athletes are going to be missed out on the games because of their COVID tests and different things that are sort of coming back now. So, obviously, that's playing into it. But I mean, you know, the the Olympics are going to happen. At least they say they're going to happen. You're there. Uh, do you actually get to go to events once you're out of your quarantine and stuff like that? Well, supposedly I'm in quarantine for three days, which means I missed the U.S. women's game with Sweden on Wednesday. Um, there is some hope that my boss is going to be able to um, coerce some Olympic official. Some of my colleagues have been released to go, and and we're all sort of in the same boat. We came on the same flights and everything. So he's trying to, to petition uh, for uh, some sort of 
permission for me to go to that game. If not, I'll be watching it like the rest of you on TV. Only I'll be watching it at two o'clock your time. Yes, in oh, the morning. Yeah, I was going to say the the uh, the the live hits for for some of these games is going to be a little tough for uh, for most people to watch here, especially in California. I think maybe even you get early early morning on the East Coast uh, if you make some of that. So yeah, just uh, interesting. I know as you're uh, as you're there for the games, uh, we should be able to check in with you. We'll see if that ends up happening on a regular basis, and if we have to skip a couple, that's okay too. Uh, but I'm glad that we could uh, have you here for a little bit let me just remind everybody before we get too far away that we do have a live event coming up on july 31st i hope you're getting your tickets uh all of the information for that can be found on our website cornerthegalaxy.com click the live button right there and you can go down you can get your tickets again you don't need tickets it's just one of those things we're trying to do sort of keep an eye on how many people are coming where we're at that type of thing um and if you'd like to do tickets that helps obviously offset the cost of us putting on the event so we appreciate that otherwise you can just show up uh working on some special guests working on a whole bunch of stuff uh in order to get you there some giveaways we have some tickets to give away for upcoming games i know that for sure at least one set probably more like two or three sets that we're going to end up having so if you're there if you're at this live event um i would say you have a pretty good chance of going home with something um, and so the LA Galaxy are putting some stuff together. I'm getting ready to sort of announce uh, sort of some of these things that are, are a good possibility of happening here probably this week or, or starting the beginning of next week as we get closer. So um, just a reminder of that uh, get your tickets, head there. Uh, and if you're in, your, you're in our live chat, the pinned message at the very top will get you those tickets so we can get you rocking and rolling. All right. Yes. Anything I else? I will be quarantined for that event. Yeah, we will. I, I think we're for real this time. I know last time we said we'll put you on the phone, but this time I actually have the ability to patch the phone into the board. So we will um, probably give you a call during that if you're available. Depends, you know, again, timing and everything I, else. I think that's a good time. It's 530. You're going to start your time. Yeah. So that's three hours earlier than about two and a half hours earlier than we're starting. Yeah, so that's yeah. like mid-morning. Yeah, so I mean, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it should be about mid-morning for you. It shouldn't be too bad. I was actually today going to to Siri the whole time and asking her what time it was in Tokyo throughout the day so I could sort of get an idea of uh, of where we're going. All right. Let's yeah, I'm trying to figure out what day it is. Yeah, I, do. I was going to say. I think it's Tuesday. It's pretty sure it's Tuesday. I was going to say, Kevin, Kevin, I was like, hey, Kevin's going to think he doesn't have to record because it's Tuesday and we always record on Monday. And I'm like, no, it's it's Monday here. So a uh, Future Kevin, uh, Tokyo Kevin there. Yeah, uh, but you know what's really cool is I, I, I come when I come back, I land uh, like three and a half, four and a half hours before I take off. That's that's whatever happens to those hours, Kevin. What you could commit crimes in those hours and you would never be caught. Marty McFly is going to pass me on the you, on the way back. You have to do it for sure. All right, let's get to the uh, LA Galaxy's game with the. Uh, excuse me. Let's let's do even something a little bit crazier today. USL announced that Landon Donovan was voted the USL Coach of the Month. I want to give you a little alumni news here. Uh, Landon Donovan was voted USL Coach of the Month for the San Diego Loyal. Uh, he led San Diego to a an undefeated six game run and vaulted them to third in the Pacific standings. Um, and this is a crazy crazy stat during this month. San Diego trailed for only 14 minutes out of the 540 it played, Kevin. Uh, Landon Donovan said that once everything came together, it was going to be okay. And it seems that he sort of put that together. This is his first coaching award that he's ever got, Kevin. It just It's just something to sort, sort of fun to put into this, which is, you know, you know Landon Donovan, the soccer player. We know he's been down there with the San Diego Loyal doing things and trying to build that organization up. He gets rewarded for this, and uh, everybody sort of gets to acknowledge Landon Donovan do it. So that's that's well, where... Here, let me give you my Landon Donovan coaching story, because I actually talked to him a couple of months ago, and I've been trying to get this story in the paper or in the newsletter or something, and it keeps getting pushed back. Um but if you remember at the end of the last season, Landon Donovan pulled, uh, forfeited two games. The first game was the one against the Galaxy where there was a, a, some racial taunts made by a Galaxy 2 player against the Loyal player. Uh, the Loyal did not find out about it, Donovan, and the Loyal did not find up, out about that until after the game. And I think that game had ended in a draw. Uh, the Loyal were pushing to get to, into the playoffs, and um, they, they forfeited that point. They forfeited the point that they won. They said that they didn't want to be any part of that uh, that game because of what had happened. Um, and so they gave up a very important point. Then the, uh, the week later, they were beating Phoenix Rising, the, the team that was number one in the conference, the team that they were fighting for that playoff berth. They were uh, beating them, and there were some uh, um, homophobic comments made about one of the, the loyal players who's right. openly gay. Uh, Donovan heard that, and the team, team heard that. And Donovan angrily... Uh, Acosta, the officials said that, that that player had to be ejected. The, play, the officials said they hadn't heard it. Anyway, Donovan Donovan and his team refused to come out uh, of the locker room for the second half, forfeited that game as well. And I asked him about that, you know, and uh, 
you know, did he have any regrets six months later about doing that? And he said, no, he didn't. The only regret he had is he kind of lost his cool. And he said, I wish I hadn't lost my cool. But his point was when, you, and, and it's so important now when you saw what happened, uh, you know, with British fans after the English uh, loss in, in the Euros, how racism and homophobia and, and the, you know, you had the chant at the Mexican games, just still a big part of soccer. And, and Landon said, we're not going to stop this unless we take action. Uh, he was very forceful about this. He said, we take a knee before the game and then the game starts and then we forget all that. He said, the only way this is going to happen is if we follow through. If we really believe this, then we need to do things like this. And he said that he was really proud of that. Uh, he did say one thing, that uh, all of his players got a bonus if they made the playoffs. And when they forfeited the second game, that was the end of their playoffs. So he went to the owner first before he talked to the players and said, are you going to honor the bonuses if we do this? And the owner said, yes, we will. And so um, – you know, he pulled his team off the field. And it, has it helped the loyal? Well, you see how well they're playing now. I think part of that is being a team. But um, it's brought in investment, too. DeAndre Yedlin, the U.S. national team player, became an investor in San Diego Loyal specifically because of what Landon had done. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting story. I, I implore everybody to uh, sort of, you know, keep following Landon and what he's doing down in San Diego. It's it's interesting to see LA Galaxy 2 play San Diego on occasion. San Diego had good runs against Phoenix, who is, uh, I believe, in first place in that in that Pacific division at one point. Um, and so, you know, they've been playing really well. So it's kind of fun to see Landon Donovan get that uh, recognition. Let's uh let's turn over now to the LA Galaxy and their loss against the Vancouver Whitecaps. It was a 2-1 loss. Galaxy scored the first goal in the first half. They actually scored a second goal, almost scored a third goal. Uh, second goal was waved offside. The first goal was, uh, or the uh, the third goal went off the crossbar from Grand Sur. Uh, but uh, a really interesting thing. Here's here's sort of Kevin. I'm going to give you what the narrative has been since this, which is, hey, the LA Galaxy were missing a ton of guys, right? And whenever you look at what happened in there, this is really about you know the talent that they're missing, the guys that they're missing, and you could see that they couldn't close out the game. Here's a little bit of a counter to that right now. If you look at a starting lineup that in- includes. Kevin Cabral, Sam Grancier, Sasha Kleshin, uh, Ryan Revolution, uh, you know, Victor Vasquez, Viafania, Williams, Depew, and Araujo, and then Jonathan Bond back there. There are really only three guys that aren't starters on this, and two of those guys play a significant role in this team all the time. Ethan Zubak is clearly not a starter. We know that. Chicharito would be there if he wasn't injured. Um, and so that's a significant hit. And I think that, you know, if Chicharito is on this team for this game, then perhaps, you know, there's a different outcome. Although the way the Galaxy played, I'm not 100% sure that's correct. Um, but if Chicharito's there, obviously the Galaxy have a better chance of beating Vancouver. Makes a whole bunch of sense. Uh, going to the midfield, Sasha Kleshin isn't an always starter, but he is a spot starter, right? And so putting him in there is not a huge downgrade. Um, you know, he's a veteran. He has some good presence there uh, in the midfield. And so you would expect him paired with Vasquez and then Vasquez with, you know, Revolution and Revolution moving up from center back and playing in the central defensive midfielder role like he was expected to do wouldn't be a huge downgrade. You get Derek Williams in the back line. He's a starter, right? You know, Nick Depew is technically not the starter in that back line. When Sega comes back or when Steris comes back, Depew may hit the bench on that. Um, so you look at all these things that have sort of happened there, and and I can't make an argument that the starting lineup was overly affected by missing guys. Outside of Chicharito, which is a huge loss, and we can talk about the Galaxy not having a good backup striker, that's realistic. But that isn't necessarily a result of all the absences that you're seeing. That's an injury absence. It's a Chicharito absence and something that, you know, I think we're, we're more used to seeing than, than probably not seeing. So when people try to make this about a starting team that didn't have all of its players, yes, they were missing, you know, Sebastian Legette was a big one and Chicharito. Outside of that, though, tell me all the starters that the LA Galaxy were missing that were totally going to change, you know, the outcome of this game. So for me, that's that's sort of you have to hit pause a little bit. Yes, they were missing a lot of players, but the quality that they started with should have been enough to be able to beat this Vancouver team. Well, there's a lot to chew on there. Let me get out my chopsticks here in Tokyo and and t- take a bite of that. Uh, first of all, the French Revolution. That's going to be my new nickname for him. The French Revolution scored his second goal of the season. He is now tied with Sasha Kleshin for second on the Galaxy scoring list. He's only played two and a half games. Yep. Well, yeah, two yeah. and a half games because yeah. um, he came out with an injury. But the one thing that the injury and, – and, and then second of all, with that lineup, that lineup was good enough to beat Vancouver. I know they were playing at home, which isn't even home. It's Sandy, Utah. Uh, they were playing at altitude. There were a lot of things that Greg Vanny talked about after the game. Uh, I don't think he was making excuses. I think he was just enumerating the challenges they had. Um, so, but 
you know, Vancouver hadn't won since May 9th mm -hmm. um, when they beat Montreal. And that's a game that the Galaxy should have won, um, you know, with, with that lineup. That lineup should have won that game. But, yes, you're right. I mean, the players they started, I think Sasha Kleschen, it's hard to even – yes, he's not a starter on this team, but it's hard to think about a guy of his quality, the way he's played this year, and say, well, he's a downgrade. Yeah, he would be to a national team player like – like. Uh, um, uh, uh, God, what, like Sebastian Legette, yeah, he would be a downgrade to that, but right. uh, not really. And then Dupuy, as you said, you know, uh, he is, Steris is hurt, but Steris came into the game. Revolution went out, got injured. The thing that the injuries do when you have, uh, you know, Chicharito and then you have the five guys off on international duty, maybe it doesn't deplete your starting lineup, but it really hurts your bench. And, it, you know, it hurts things that you can do from a substitution standpoint, from a formation standpoint. So I do think that it does have some impact. You, you, again, you're missing five players, three of them starters, um, and then the injuries. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that it does have uh, an impact. Maybe it, it that's not to say the Galaxy shouldn't have won with this lineup, but, yeah, it does have an impact. Uh, and now we have to see what happens with the French Revolution going forward. Chicharito will not be back Wednesday. Right. Um the team stayed in Salt Lake, so I don't know how that affects injury rehab. I guess they have all the tools there that they need to do, um, but they're not going to get they're, they're not going to be completely healthy. Dan Saris played eight minutes. I don't know is he ready to go even a half now, or is he still a guy that's going to be coming off the bench for a while? Yeah, I mean, you know, look at Derek Williams, and and you know he needs the game fitness there certainly. Uh, Revolution is sort of an interesting injury. Uh, Greg Vanny said afterwards basically that um, there was some calf tightness at halftime. He thought he could go. He went out there, and then apparently he was getting cramps in both calves, so they pulled him off. There was a little bit of a confusion with the substitution between Kleshin, and they were going to pull Kleshin off, and then Revolution was like, I need to come off with, you know, with this uh, possible injury here. So um, when you look at that, and you said there and say okay um you know that's a possibility that you know you could be losing him for a game or however that happens right that's a that's a that's a real uh problem but I, you know i go back to to what you were saying first of all which is yeah the bench is what gets affected and, and you're right um and i think uh if you listen to greg vanny after this game he was he was pretty clear on just you know the sort of the shortcomings that they had. He he talks about missing players, but he goes, you know, with the way that we're, we have and and sort of the the way that the Galaxy are set up right now, they need to have their starters win the game. And when you go up early in a game like this, right in the fifth minute, um, you know, Revolution scores. It's easy. Vasquez a little flick to him. I mean, you know, just a little bit of movement. He's wide open in the box. It was an easy goal. Um, you know, then then you look at the the goal that was scored the uh, that was offside by Zubac. That was an easy goal too. Um, again, a cross in from Cabral. Zubac, by the way, absolutely zero excuse for being offside in that position. He was looking at the play. It was a cross from him. All he has to do is just wait until that ball is kicked to move, and he moves early and he pulls himself into an offside position. Um, you know, you talk about the quality that's sort of lacking. Certainly, uh, you know, that's one that Chicharito probably buries. He probably stays on side, although Chicharito gets caught offside too. But in this case, Chicharito knows how to check his run in order to be there. But it was an easy goal, right? There was not a lot of work to be done. And um, and then Grant Sear comes up, he cuts inside, and he he hits the crossbar for the second game in a row. That guy's eventually going to get a goal. Um, it may not come, you know, anytime soon, but maybe maybe well, in a playoff he, he, game. He did score a goal, but it was just with the wrong ball. That's right. It was something I've never seen before. The out-of-play ball he scored with. Um, so, you know, all these things happened easy. So that's 37 minutes into the game. Now, Vancouver had started to pick it up after that second goal sort of got called offside by the LA Galaxy. They started to gain some momentum, started to gain a little bit more possession, and started playing their way in. I do not think the Galaxy were under a tremendous amount of pressure in the first half. And again, it falls into what Greg Vanny was saying. And Vanny used these exact words. He said, too easy. It was too easy for the guys, and they thought it was going to continue like this and that they didn't weren't going to have to work very hard because Vancouver was just going to roll over. And so, Kevin, what do we see in the second half is a Vancouver team that does not roll over. They did not want to roll over. They were determined not to do it, and they scored two second-half goals against an LA Galaxy team that, quite frankly, decided that they were going to defend um, for long periods of time, and Vanny singled out specifically the disconnect between the midfield, uh, Sasha Kleschen, Ryan Re Revolution, uh, you know, Victor Vasquez, and that back line, Derek Williams and Depew and, you know, uh, Viafania, which, by the way, um, you know, I think it was either the first or second goal. I think it was the second goal for Vancouver where the LA Galaxy defense looked like they were playing peewee soccer. I mean, it was, it was bunch ball. There were three guys who got deked on one cutback, and it was an easy finish. Um, you know, so 
there were some really bad moments in this and, and and Vanny calls out the intensity, Kevin, and not necessarily the effort. And I think that's important intensity of thought and of play. I thought the galaxy worked really hard in order to try to defend the way that they were doing. Um, but it was absolutely their worst game they played all year. Not, hands down, worst game they played. Well, here's a couple of more things that will make you happy. Um, you know, the, the injury problems are significant now because the Galaxy played three games this week, if you include Saturday's game. They have a game on Wednesday and then a game next weekend, uh, and, and they play one more game before the end of July. So if this was a normal week, Revolution would probably be back next weekend. Uh, there'd be a chance. Maybe even Chicharito. I know Vanny is talking about perhaps Saturday. Um Wednesday's probably out. He hadn't said he's out yet, but I think that's you know I think that would be fair to assume. I don't even think he went to uh, to Utah. Would, I mean, would you li- would, would you like an update on that? I do have an update. I would. That. The injured players did not travel with the team, so Sega Kulabale okay. and Chicharito um, and anybody else who was injured stayed back in LA. Which means that if Chicharito is going to play on Wednesday night in RSL, he's got to catch a flight to RSL in order to get with the team or. If he's going to play in Dallas, he's got to catch a flight and join the team um, in there, which, you know, these guys are traveling via charter, Kevin. I don't even know what the rules are. Do you have to get a private jet for Chicharito to be able to fly to Dallas? Like, can he hop on a, a commercial airliner? I, I, I don't know. It's just interesting. Delta hub. De- it's a Delta hub. So, uh, you know, that's why the injury problem is significant now, because things are piling up, uh, you know, in terms of dates and all that. You know, when the team, when you look at Vancouver, and I think this is what you were sort of alluding to, what Greg was alluding to, when you look at Vancouver and you look at the, the lineup it puts out there and you look at its record, you probably think they're not really a good team. And maybe the players were overlooking it and then they get in altitude and stuff. But, you know, Vancouver is not as bad as this. I don't think it's a good team, but it's not as bad as this record indicates. I think there have been two or at least two, maybe three games this year that they lost in stoppage time. Um, including one against the Galaxy. When they scored in stoppage time, again, like you're talking about, they don't give up. They keep pushing. They score in stoppage time to to tie, and then they lose in stoppage time on the Efren Alvarez goal. Right. That's happened to them a couple of times this year. So th- the record is a little bit deceiving. Uh, I still think the Galaxy should have won that game, but if, in fact, you know, Vanny's right and, he, and, and the effort wasn't there and the players weren't really, uh, uh, you know, interested in the game, so to speak, um, that could be part of it. But now they've lost two out of three games without Chicharito, and they're not going to have him for at least one more, maybe two more. Yep. They're going to figure out a way to win when he's not on the field. Yeah, and, and you know they were able to do it against you know FC Dallas the last time, so you expected that there was going to be more. Listen, it was not good. Um, if the Galaxy can't figure out a way to keep Kevin Cabral from from moving inside, Kevin, it, it's, it's literally one of the biggest problems they have right now. Um, anytime the LA Galaxy are pressing for a goal and need something and they don't have Chicharito out there, uh, Kevin Cabral is either moved there by Greg Vanny or he tends to move there. Um, and, and whether that's planned or not, um, whenever he starts moving inside and becomes more of a center force there, um, there's a real problem with that, right? Because he he doesn't he's better as a winger. He's better at going down the line and trying to cross balls into this into the center. You know, Augie Williams came on for for Zubac in this, and um, as as high as I am on Augie Williams in the preseason and sort of before this, I think that you know realistically Augie Williams should be playing better than he is too. But look at the service the LA Galaxy gave to uh, some of these guys, and it was not it was not good. And one of the reasons is that Cabral tucks inside, and all of a sudden the Galaxy get real narrow. Um, and there's not a lot of passing outlets um, there for the LA Galaxy. So they need to fix that. And the way to fix that is by having a, you know, a striker in there who commands the center of the field. So that way uh, Cabral isn't constantly, constantly collapsing into that space. So I, I, I need to see that that changes. Um, but it was interesting because I talked to Vanny afterwards and I was asking, I go, you know, this team. Um, and I should point out, uh, Vanny disagrees with me on this uh, straight up, and you can you can tell in his in his answer. But I want to give you sort of the question and how I phrased it, which was, um, you know, I sort of wanted to say the guys didn't come out with the intensity that that Greg Vanny expected, except that they came out and scored in the fifth minute. They came out and scored another goal in the twenty seventh minute, even though it didn't count. You know, they hit the crossbar in the thirty seventh. So the first half was actually okay. Um, and so I was saying, but you know, this team seems to me, Kevin, maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong, but this team seems to melt a little bit in second halves, right? They go in control. We've seen their best soccer played in first halves of the season. We've seen all the mistakes they make sort of in that second half of the, uh, of the, of the game. So they play good in the first half of the game and they tend to shrink a little bit from things in the second half. Um, and Greg Vanny sort of disagreed with me on that, but I, I put that question to him. I'll let you hear some audio from him and so that way we can, uh, you can hear directly from Greg. So here is after the game and, and answering my question here. 
I mean, yeah, yeah, yes and no. I mean, again, I think, um, you know, part of this is, uh, I, I thought our intensity was good for about 30 minutes. Again, I thought once we scored the, the first goal, again, uh, to be all, with, with respect to the opposition, it was a pretty easily scored goal. And then the second goal we score that gets called back again, it feels like it's, it's one that we score pretty easily. And I think the group feels like, oh, these opportunities are going to come left and right if we, we keep hitting the final pass. They're going to give us the space, and and we didn't connect on a lot of those. And over time, at altitude, at heat, we haven't played in ten days. Uh, keep turning over the ball. Those kinds of things just they turn against you over time. All the little mistakes, losses of possession, where you get bullied off the ball or just lose things. Again, those things cost you over ninety minutes. That's why the game isn't twenty minutes long. It's ninety minutes, and every decision matters over the course of ninety minutes. And uh, so I, I think our inefficiencies, uh, along with with sometimes our lack of intensity, sometimes on the defensive side especially, they, they cost us over 90 minutes and we became very vulnerable. I mean, to start the second half, we had a little bit of a step out press. They hit three. All right, we'll we'll, we'll sort of stop it there. Oh, but you cut him off. Yeah, I did. It's fine. He you know he likes to explain a lot of things. I, the the reason I really cut him off though is because he comes into this. Um, a little bit later into things and he talks about um, the starters and he talks about, listen, we know our bench is short right now. Um, we know that there's a problem that we, we don't have a deep bench and that, you know, you can't expect. And he says, as good as the guys have played, uh, the young guys have played, you can't expect them to rescue a game. And so really it's on the starters to win these games. It's on the starting cast to put the LA galaxy in a good position to then be able to ask the young guys to hold that position. Um, I thought it was, uh, really, really interesting just in terms of his understanding of, you know, and, and the pressure that he's putting on these these starting players. He's saying, hey, young guys, you've been really good for us, but we can't expect you to carry the load. And it's not fair for you to carry the load. And the starters, you need to carry the load. You need to do better. And that's where the failure comes in this team. Uh, in the second half, especially, not adjusting, not increasing the intensity, not, in not increasing the focus from that starting group before you went into. The LA Galaxy should have scored a second goal to put the game away. They didn't. Um, Jonathan Bond was talking on counterattack today specifically about that. Kevin was not putting the game away and the galaxy suffered because of that. I thought it was a really interesting, you know, admission from, from, you know, Greg Vandy to say, yeah, I mean, we have a short bench and the starters need to do more. And the starters are the reason we lost this game. Well, it, a couple of things. First of all, you said that the galaxy played good. You mean they played well? Yes. Yes. Langu language is important. It, yeah. They but played nobody, well. Nobody cares. You, the, the good news is every time you correct me, people do dislike you even more. So it, like, it works well for me. <laughs> it's impossible to dislike me anymore. I thought so, too. Um, uh, yeah. So, but it, uh, you know, a couple other interesting things in in that. If you parse those quotes, I, I think he's right. You know, they scored two. Uh, the goal was called up, but they scored two early goals, and they looked like they were in control of the game. And I think at that point, um, uh, you know, perhaps guys got off the front foot a little bit. And Vancouver, as you said, doesn't give up. And it's it's tough when you relax. It's tough to get back into it. Um, you know, if you're going. 100% from the start and keep going 100%. That's when you back off to 70 or 60, you can't get back again. The other team gets on the front foot and you can't regain the momentum. Uh, and I think that was part of it. They did start to wilt at the half hour mark. They're playing in heat and altitude as, as Greg Vanny mentioned. And I don't think he's, that was an excuse. I think he was, you know, against setting reasons, but, but that's difficult. You know, you start to wilt about that. It's about the half hour mark at that altitude where now they, they should have probably been a little bit better coming out for the second half. Um, you know, but then the other thing that was interesting too, Greg Vanny said, look, we're playing for the first time in 10 days. It was hard this week. If they, if they lose another game this week, he's going to say, we played three games in eight days. Yes. It's kind of, you know, it's it, both it, though. It, I mean, you can understand yeah, why he's both. right. He's, ac he's accurate, yes. but, but yeah. it still feels like, you know, um, I, I didn't have my guys prepared or they weren't ready right. or they didn't respond. They know what the schedule shows. Well, well, it's interesting because obviously there were some comparisons whenever you hear Greg talk about this stuff. Somebody was saying, oh, it's a lot like GBS. You know, we just need to run more. Right. And I'm like, that's not what Greg said, though. 
Right. I mean, that's not and that's not what he said. He's like, we there are several things. And he talked about it. I cut him off whenever he was talking about the tactical stuff, which is, you know, you you force them into hitting long balls. And I think the Galaxy did a good job of pressuring and they forced Vancouver to hit the long balls. And then they lost the challenges for the long balls. The disconnect between the midfield and that center and the center backs was huge. And, you know, Vandy talks about, you know, they lost three in a row and the third one ended up costing them a goal. Um, I have his quotes. I want to play it uh, for you for. Um, what he was saying about the young guys and, and exactly in his words, that way you can hear it. You know, I think again, with, with our group and with guys away over 90 minutes, we have some young guys who are good and they give us good minutes, but we can't expect them to come in and change the game and to go win a game for us and to, and to do that. It's the guys who start the game have to make sure that the game is in a good position down the stretch for us to, to win the game and, and give the give the guys we bring on the best chance to see the game out and, and all that. That's just we have to do that right now. That's the way it is. And, you know, maybe in the future with everybody here, we have more impactful players who when they come on, we can really change the trajectory of the game and do a lot of those things. But with respect to our young guys who have been incredible for us, it's a big ask for them to have to do that on the road time and time again. It just can't happen. So um, that's for me a, a bit of the where we're where we're at tonight. And and then he goes on to say, uh, and then by the way, he yeah. said in the future, I'm in the future. I yeah. could go check that out. You you could check that out. Uh, by the way, yeah. he goes on to say, I don't think that's our MO because he was contesting my argument that the LA Galaxy are uh, concede more in the second half, um, concede more ground for sure. Um, but how many times have we seen the LA Galaxy hold an opponent to to no shots in the first half and then there's 12 shots in the second half, right? We've seen it you know, over and over again. They've, they've given up more shots on goal than any team in MLS this year. And which says amazing things that they have eight wins, um, which is tied for the most in Major League Soccer. It's one of the reasons they're still in you know third place in the West and fourth in the Supporter Shield. As much as this loss hurts, first of all, I want to get over the whole, well, it's Vancouver. You should beat Vancouver every time. It's Major League Soccer. You're on the road. Things happen. All right. I already think that, you know, whenever you're looking at what you're trying to do on the road over the course of a year is sort of go be an average around that one point five points per game. Right, Kevin, you win a game, you lose a game, you draw some games in there. And between all that, if on the road, you can get one point five points per game and win the majority of your games at home. You might be in the supporter shield. Right. right. But I would still say that this Vancouver team playing in Sandy, Utah, uh, without fans, uh, you know, out of playing out of the hotel rooms or whatever. I, that's a game the Galaxy. You look at the schedule. That's the game you say the Galaxy are supposed to win. Yes, I get it. It's tough to play on the road. They were at altitude, uh, yada yada yada. But that's a game. Look at the lineups. Just compare the lineups and, and tell me if you were betting on this game, who would oh, you yeah. bet on? No, who no. Do you think would win? The Galaxy should have won the game. But I'm also not. It's not the end of the world that they lost to Vancouver on a three-game road trip. Now, here's the thing: is you expected that they would have, you know, the best chance they had at winning a game was going to be the first one because they had ten days off. It's against Vancouver. You think that you have the best chance at winning that game if you're the LA Galaxy. Now, if you're going to make something of this road trip, you have to take points from RSL, and maybe you only get one from Real Salt Lake. Maybe that's maybe that's realistic. RSL, I'll say we get we're going to talk a little bit about RSL. They're not a great team, and they haven't shown to be a great team. And but so David Ochoa had a great game against uh, LAFC. He, he was spectacular. He and he, I think he made team of the week because of it. Um, and so he, yeah, I mean, listen, they're a, they're an okay team. They're just not a great team. I think they have two wins in their last nine games. Both of those wins came against Vancouver. All right. So that's that's where they've drawn some games in there as well. So certainly something to keep an eye on. But RSL is not a great team. But getting a point there then sets you up to get three points from FC Dallas. But the hard part about that, Kevin, is it's your third game in eight days. You're traveling away to Dallas. It's probably still going to be hot whenever you get to Dallas. You haven't been home. It's your this is the most tired you're going to be is that Saturday game that's still away. So that's well, not a lock either. So it's going to be brutal. It's probably going to be really hot, humid, maybe thunderstorms. It's going to be, a, you know, if they think the altitude's difficult. It's going to be tough. By the way, speaking of Greg Vanny, as we were once upon a time, um, I went to the Ted Lasso premiere event, name dropper. Yeah. Uh, and um, I sat in front of Greg Vanny. They had these stadium seats uh, where we sat to watch the preview. And before that, uh, Greg was there with two of his kids. And I walked right up to him and he smiled as I was approaching. And I started talking to him like we're long lost is, friends. Is, is that I the first, away is, to, it's the first time he's ever seen me. He probably had no idea who I was. I, of course, knew him. Right. But I come up like, you know, we're long lost brothers and just picking up conversation in the middle of something like he's supposed to know who I am. And as I walked away, I thought, well, he was really nice. And then I thought he probably had no idea who I was. That's the only way anybody would be nice to you is if they didn't know it was you. 
Um, that's a good that's a good trick, by the way. But no, um, we saw that that was uh, that was super cool. And uh, Jason Sudeikis, uh, by the way, his off the cuff ad libbing of uh, Nikki K's answer uh, or question, you know, do you have any advice for the L.A. Galaxy? And he goes, well, look, you're already the galaxy, you know, maybe try and be the universe. Right. I think that's roughly what it is. Uh, maybe be yeah. the universe. I, I, you know, it, I think I should make a T-shirt. I'm ready to make a T-shirt with that on because good, good God, just amazing. Anyway, that was fun. Uh, to sort well, of did see. you see, but did you see Nikki's response? No. What was that? She just, it was silent. She was like, I don't know whether she was stunned by the response or she thought that's it. That's all you're going to say. No, no, I, I don't think I would have been, I would have been, I, you don't expect that, right? Like, it's like, Hey, Hey, give me something that you spend tons of time on writing Ted Lasso stuff. Right. I'm sure you'd write a million things and only like one of them works. And then you go and hit a grand slam, you know, or you, yeah, however you want to say it. I don't want to mix metaphors to all that, but anyway, I mean, he, he nailed it out of the park. I thought just thought it was fun side. That's, that's my little side note. He nailed it out of the park. You just mix metaphors. again. I know. I know. There's no, there's no point. There's not, I should probably quit. But anyway, so, um, so seeing all that, no, um, I just think the galaxy are in a really tough position on this road trip. Now, now there's part of me that says, if you get, if you average a point across, you know, one point, if you average 1.00 points across all your road games, you're you okay. just said 1.5. You yeah. just said 1.5. But now the, you're 1.5 is, is 1.5 puts you in some, I actually have this, this is coming up. We're going to talk about it. 1.5 puts you in ridiculous company if you actually do that on your on your waypoints i actually have the chart uh the la galaxy by the way have nine points um in their road games so far and i think they played six road games um and they have nine points from that they are averaging um right now 1.50 points per game um they that average right now would put them uh just below the 2.0 points that, that 2010 had um, you know, 2009 was 1.53 on the road. 2011 was 1.53 on the road. One of their MLS cup years, uh, is 1.35 points per game on the road in 2012. Um, so 1.5 is way up there. The LA galaxy's average overall across all their seasons is 1.20. If you stay in that 1.2 and 1.50 range, and that means you beat some teams on the road, Kevin, that absolutely means you have to win games. And this hurts not beating Vancouver because that hurts your overall points per game. Whenever you look at that was a game they probably should have won. Um, but if you can stay in that 1.2, you know, 1.0, 1.5, it puts the LA galaxy. That means you're not winning every game on the road. Right. That's that's what I'm saying is that you're not going to win every game on the road. You can argue that you should have beat Vancouver. Good argument. You, you're probably right on any on, you know, 99 times out of 100. It's not even that it's like 80 times out of 100. You probably beat Vancouver on that on that day, but you didn't. And it's not shocking to me and it's not surprising. Plus, when we look at all the previous other L.A. Galaxy losses, right, you know, the loss to Seattle, the two losses to Seattle, the one loss to SKC um, and the loss to Portland. In none of those games could you say the LA Galaxy played poorly. They didn't. They played well. Um, even in the Portland game, they were playing well until Derek Williams got red carded, and then it went downhill after that. So you you can't say that. The LA Galaxy in this game, over the balance of 90 minutes, played poorly. Um, that was not what we're used to seeing. And so now it's about how they rebound from that and how they look at that because uh, there has to be an action. We know the LA Galaxy have not lost two games in a row yet this season. Every time they've lost, they've come back with a win. Um, so they need to sort of keep that going as we look a little bit to RSL. Right, that's well, uh, and that's important too because we don't know the character of this team yet. We don't know this team does not have a personality yet. Why? Because it's still new. We're still getting French Revolution just got here. By the way, you know, he's uh, he's from Madagascar, so I don't know how that's the gonna, Madagascarian Revolution. He's the, the Malag Malagese Revolution, if you wanna wanna say that. Yes, I, I can't use my favorite nickname. No, You've you can't. Banned from using it. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, we don't know the character and personality of this team yet. And this will, may help determine that. Uh, it's great to play when you're playing really well and, and your goalkeeper is making 15 saves or whatever it is. And your striker leads the, the league in scoring. But when he gets hurt and your defense gives up the, you know, a league leading total of shots on goal, then you, and, and you lose a game that you should have won at altitude in the heat. And you have to play the same stadium again. Yep. Four days later with fans this time. It, it, with fans yep. cheering for the team yep. as opposed to an empty stadium, it's going to make a difference. And, and we'll find out what kind of a team it is. As you said, if they respond, then it's a good team. It has a lot of character. Greg Vanny's doing the right stuff. If they fall flat on their face, then maybe we have to reassess and say, you know, maybe this team is in for a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you don't know yet, right? I mean, we're all sort of trying to guess where they are, um, in, in this LA Galaxy team. Uh, I'll say that um, 
that it's interesting to look at the power rankings just because I always think those are interesting. I don't think they're very good guides for most things. Uh, ESPN saw the LA Galaxy tumble basically three spots down to down to you know, or they tumbled six spots. I think they lose to Vancouver and they tumble six spots. Um, a little harsh, but it also, I'll tell you right now, everybody in the league certainly is waiting for the LA Galaxy to mess up, right? Because nobody really believes that this start is sustainable. Well, yeah, it's like Alabama losing to Troy State. You yeah. know, they're going to fall a little bit. They're, the they're, they're going to fall, but I mean, the, everybody's waiting for this correction, right? They've been saying the whole time the Galaxy aren't for real, and the Galaxy have continued to sort of prove them wrong and win the games they were supposed to win. This is the first time they stumbled and did that. So there's going to be an adjustment because they were just waiting for that shoe to drop, um, how it goes. It's funny because I keep showing this chart and I'll keep showing the chart at uh, Ben right on Twitter does one does a power rankings that has has meaning behind it. Again, we do points per game, goal difference, XG difference and strength of schedule are all sort of factored in there. And the loss to Vancouver does relatively little to the LA Galaxy. They basically go from third, I think, down to fourth. Um, it's interesting. The the teams that he has up here, though, Nashville is in third and nobody's really sort of believing in Nashville. Um, but, but did they win their last game like six to nothing or something like it, that? It was a large and there was the fastest hat trick from the start of a game was scored in that game, I believe. Is, and they're playing right now without Walker Zimmerman, who I think is hands down their best player. Yeah, very well could be. Um, and they are they are a decent team. I think it's interesting because Ben is sort of saying, hey, you should be paying attention to Nashville. And people are sort of like still closing their eyes and, and trying to get away from um, that. Uh, I went through some other stats, and I want to get to these as well. Uh, if you're paying attention to the designated player minutes, you should be start to worry a little bit, only because um, you're starting to see that the you know the designated players for the LA Galaxy. Listen, Jonathan Dos Santos is on uh, international duty, but he was injured before that, and so he has taken you know a, a lot. He's basically uh, only been available, Kevin, for 55 percent of the total minutes available to designated players. Uh, this year, Chicharito has been available for 74% of the total available minute, minutes. Kevin Cabral is 84.8% of the total available minutes. And so in total, the LA Galaxy designated players have only played 70% of the total minutes um, that they're available for. And we count international absences against their absenteeism. I count injuries against their absenteeism. Any reason they're not playing for the LA Galaxy counts because even the guys who are routinely with, uh, you know, national teams like Landon Donovan, um, you know, even Robbie Keane, whenever he's playing for Ireland, and um, any of these guys, Sebastian Legette would be the same if you're keeping track of all that stuff when they're not with the team that hurts your team. And so this well, is sort of a metric of that. But your numbers even it should even be lower, I, I would argue, because Kevin Cabral is a designated player for this season and missed the first four games. I would count that against them. Yes, he wasn't in town, but he's your designated player. He, and he, he, wasn't, he, he, he wasn't even games. signed when most of that stuff had happened. It's kind of hard for me. Yeah. I don't hold the, if you haven't arrived with the team yet against you. However, if you have arrived with the team, then yes, you should be available. And well, I guess what, I guess what I would argue is if the, the galaxy have 270 minutes available, right. Yeah, and 34 and, times. Right. And he's not there. And so then, right. yeah, I know, I know you're right. If you wanted to adjust it, Kevin Cabral's numbers would be lower in the LA galaxy's total, uh, you know, percentage of numbers would be lower as well, which is even more of a worry. Somebody said, you know, it feels like it's been a really long time since the LA galaxy have con had consistent designated players who were on the field and starting on a regular basis. Um, and I can't say that they're wrong. Uh, it always feels like the galaxy, especially in recent years, are always struggling to sort of keep those, you know, the real money making players, uh, the big names on the field uh, that you can even go back to when Steven Gerrard and Robbie Keane were sort of at the at the end there and trying to keep those guys healthy and, and on the on the field as well. So, um, yeah, it's a problem. It continues to be a problem for the LA Galaxy, and they need to be able to figure out a way to increase the depth throughout this squad, Kevin, so that way, um, you know, they can weather these storms or they need to do a better job of finding designated players who can stay healthy. Well, you and I both reported earlier. We both talked to Dennis. You first, and and then I I just uh, rained all over your parade by going and talking to Dennis myself. That he's still looking for, and he thinks he's close to getting uh, another striker. Um, he indicated, I think, to both of us that it wasn't a big name. Zlatan's not coming back. Um, it wasn't a big name, but it was somebody who he believes can play some useful minutes, and certainly uh would be helpful you know if if it, it becomes more important now if i mean this is the same calf that kept chicharito off for two months last season yeah and he wasn't greatly effective when he came back no so uh i, I think the galaxy should be worried there should be some alarm bells going off um they're not going to run out and you know and they're not going to get messy but you know maybe they can get 
uh, you know, Kamara was a guy that we talked about. I would prefer Ola Kamara, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. Kai Kamara. To Kai Kamara. Yeah, I know. I, I don't think, you see, the whole thing with Kai Kamara is like the Galaxy probably already rang that bell, right? If they were going to ring that bell, they would have already done it. You know, the transfer window's open. They're more than willing to bring anybody in. Um, I also think that people Gonzalez and him not having a future with the LA Galaxy and then not having a future with anybody else is also hurting them. Uh, I think they need to offload that contract and, and they need to figure out a way to get away from that as quickly as possible because I think that's what's holding all this up. It feels that way. It feels like his contract is a weight on them right now. Um, and that could bring in a significant second striker piece and the galaxy are covered right now, you know, in terms of center backs. So uh, it is absolutely the biggest. Um, it's the biggest hold the LA galaxy have is that they don't have a backup for Chicharito. You can talk about Ethan Zubak. You can talk about Augie Williams. You can talk about Kevin Cabral fitting in there. None of those have worked to any sort of, uh, you know, real, real life there. It was funny on Twitter, uh, Kevin, we were talking today about Adam Chrisman and Chad Barrett and how, you know, like those guys were backups, Alan Gordon, right? A backup striker yeah. who can give you minutes, you know, Alan Gordon, some, somebody like him would be perfect. There just aren't that many Alan Gordons out there. I know everybody's like, well, find somebody like Alan Gordon. Cool. Find the tall guy who will literally, you know, duct tape himself together. So that way he can play, even if he's got like broken bones or ligaments or anything else, or maybe if he's still hung over any of those things, <laughs> you put it together and, you know, Alan Gordon could go out there and give you minutes and, and he would battle for you from the, from the, the start of the whistle to the end of the whistle. That's somebody they LA galaxy need they need somebody who's able to do that but understand that their role is coming off the bench uh huge huge issue for the la galaxy this is not an mls cup uh contending team without that second striker option to be able to back up a fragile chicharito at this point in my in, in my opinion any any issues with that no and i think you're right about the thing with alan gordon being a substitute is he changed the game he played so well in the air with such a big body he changed the game when he came on um you know there's dunbar has the potential to be that kind of thing he's not an alan gordon yet he's not close but uh, the, i'm just talking about the tool set a guy that's like that that's not available any longer i don't think he's gone to columbus uh bradley wright phillips really filled that role nicely a big body a guy who holds up the ball well in the box and uh you know with the this galaxy team he'd be perfect because he can hold the ball up and then distribute it but right. uh you know guys like that the reason is they're not available is because they're good yeah that, that's absolutely it let me get to a couple more stats here uh if you're worried about the la galaxy and where they stand i'll tell this they are still off to the fourth best start through 13 games in franchise history their 24 points is more than in 2011 uh in in 2010 they had 32 points at this point in 1996 they had 32 points but there were no shootouts in 1998 they had 31 points uh excuse me they were in shootout era in 96 97 98 um so you sort of have to take those with a grain of salt so if you look at the best modern era record for the la galaxy it's 2010 at 32 points in 2021 24 is far away from uh, 32 points, but this would be the second best start since 2010 for the LA Galaxy. So not exactly panic mode, um, not exactly panic at the disco, Kevin, um, for, for the LA Galaxy. Losing to Vancouver was bad, but if they continue on the pace they were sort of doing, then, you know, there's there's something there's something here for this LA Galaxy. They're better than they have been over the last couple of years, it feels like. You know, I was on a, um, I think it was Sirius XM. I was on a radio show the other day and they asked me, about the galaxy change and i said you know the galaxy added a lot of pieces and they're still adding pieces the four french players one from malik the, the malagasy players yes um all the all the guys they added jonathan bond you know they really improved their team changed their team the best off-season acquisition the galaxy had greg vanny yeah. right would anyone argue with that no no i mean he's right as it stands right now i think he's in line for a coach of the year honor um if the la galaxy can sort of finish in that top two or three in the Western conference, which I think they're, they're available. Um, by the way, uh, Gabriel gave us a $5 super chat says, uh, the galaxy just need to sign Steven Lenhart out of retirement. I don't think that that feels like a bridge too far for me. I don't think, I don't think the galaxy are willing to, to cross that. And, and by the way, he's been retired for multiple years now. Is he as old as I am? He probably, if he is, he can barely bend over here. Here's a name. I'm just going to throw out there and I don't have any, I'm just spitballing. Yes. Uh, you know, with all the turmoil in in Toronto, maybe things will change with the new coach. But a guy who played well and played hard for Greg Vanny was Joey Josie Altador, who's not doing anything. Oh, we lo we lost the panda again there for a oh, second. Oh, no, you're, I, you're back. You're yeah, back. Go ahead. Okay. So, what's Josie Altador's situation? I know he makes a ton of money, but if he makes a ton of money, released, yeah, but if he's, I mean, is there any kind of mechanism like they have in baseball where a guy's released and the old club has to pay his salary and then he can play for the new club for a little bit of money? I mean. It, I'm just thinking Josie Altador is a guy that's not one of where he is, could fit in well with Greg Vanny. They had some success together. 
if, if I don't know. I mean, if, that that's the guy who would fit the bill. If Josie Altador is done with his designated player contract and could come on a TAM player contract and would be comfortable being a backup, then Josie Altador could could come and play. But I mean, he scored this last week, so I mean, he is he is back and playing. Um, so you know, there's 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 some there's uh, you know, Patrick says you know, uh, Fernando Audi, um, a Portland Timbers, uh, former Portland Timbers player. I don't think he's playing up there anymore. I can't remember. Um, off the off the way, but yeah, I mean, Altador could work. You would have to get him on a Greg Vanny, you're my buddy deal, and yeah, and you know, like Vasquez. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I mean, but you know, even le- even more so because. Yes, Josie Altador makes a ton of money as a designated player, and yes, his career has sort of been on the downswing, sort of, and, you know, they fired Armas, too, who apparently he didn't like. Um, I like uh, Josie Altador said something like, oh, there's no hard feelings, you know, with the whole deal. It's like, yeah, you got the coach fired. Of course, there's no hard feelings for you. I don't know about Armas. He may not like well, you very much. You know, I mean, if Josie Altador comes in and, and reunites with Vasquez under Greg Van, it'd be kind of like Ocean's Eleven, you know, getting the gang back together again. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, there's there's something that I'll say, though, that Josie Altador also has a lot long history uh, of injuries as well. So, I mean, you know, it's one of those, you would hope that if you have two guys who have injury problems, that perhaps they could be healthy at opposite well, times. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, that's that they, they could recuperate together and challenge each other. Yeah, that this I hey, it's a great idea. We'll we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, um, that's sort of where we sit uh, with the LA Galaxy coming off that Vancouver game. Um, but yeah, that that second striker thing is is the biggest thing. Um, just goals conceded. The LA Galaxy have conceded uh, twenty goals so far, scored twenty one, so they're plus one on the differential. If we go ahead and play that out over thirty four games, the Galaxy would be scoring fifty four point nine goals and allowing fifty two point three goals. Uh, there's some pr- improvements in there. The fifty four point nine goals would actually be above their average, which is 50. So the Galaxy are scoring a lot of goals, Kevin. Um, this, that's a good thing. The Galaxy are also allowing a lot of goals. And so um, even if you look at their average over their season, over their years is about 42 goals um, they allow. And so the projection will put them above that as well. 52.3 right now. They need to really improve. I'm expecting this LA Galaxy defense to become better and better as this year goes through. They're they're adjusting to each other. They're hopefully the pieces are getting healthy and there's a stable core and set of people that are going to be together right now. Um, but as you've seen so far from the LA Galaxy, they have the ability to give up a lot of goals and they have. Um, if they can get better at that, this team will win a lot of games because they're already winning games sort of in spite of the occasional hiccup they have uh, on the defensive side of things. LA Galaxy tied for most wins in Major League Soccer with eight, um, but they also are the only team in Major League Soccer, Kevin, that doesn't have a draw. They have not drawn a single game. Only team. See, that's why that shootout era thing doesn't really matter because they don't have any draws. Yeah, there were no draws back then, so uh, that's sort of it. Let's get uh, quickly, Kevin. There is a game coming up. The LA Galaxy will face off against RSL on Wednesday night. This is a 7 p.m. TV time, 7.08 p.m. kickoff time on Spectrum Sportsnet for the LA Galaxy uh, going against Real Salt Lake. Uh, The records, they're... So if you go and look at the stats, the stats seem similar. The records are not similar. Uh, the LA Galaxy, 8-5-0, 24 points. Real Salt Lake, 4-4-4, four, 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 16 points. Um, at home, the LA Galaxy scored about 15 points. At home, Real Salt Lake actually have struggled. Uh, two wins, two losses, three draws for just nine points at home so far through seven games uh, that they have. So uh, they have dropped a lot of games. We've talked about um, you know, the fact that they have won just two of their last nine games, and both of those were against Vancouver. Uh, in the, in the, the table itself, it's eighth in the Western Conference for Real Salt Lake. 17th overall in the supporter shield um and their last win was quote unquote at vancouver um which is where they played vancouver away at their own stadium um and that was a four nothing win on july 8th and then we talked about rsl just coming off the loss to uh to lafc as well i mean is it is it crazy to say this is the hardest game the la galaxy play it's i mean that's pretty obvious the hardest game they play on the road in these three games kevin but it's still not it's still not a game that should necessarily worry the LA Galaxy, but are you worried now after the Vancouver loss? Well, you said the game is at seven o'clock, right? Yes. Seven so seven oh eight PM kickoff. Wednesday. It's eleven AM in the morning, Thursday here, when that game's gonna be played. So you already right. know you you can bet on it. Right. You already know they know <laughs> what right. the score is. Know, yeah. Well, the thing with Real Salt Lake is it's gonna be interesting to see how they bounce back. They gave up twenty nine shots um against uh uh LAFC and they only took three only put one on goal I believe maybe no two they put two on goal uh, do they rebound do they look at that game and say we can be better and do they rebound and they play tough or is there something going on with Real Salt Lake right now that 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 makes them an exploitable team um, if there is I'm sure Greg Vanny's going to find it but it both it, it's interesting because both teams need really need a bounce back performance I mean Real Salt Lake 
uh, statistically was just simply not good in that game against LAFC. And LAFC is a little bit better team now than it was a couple of weeks ago. But uh, certainly uh, Real Salt Lake expects to play better than it played in that game. And the Galaxy, as we mentioned many times, need a bounce back. Um, so uh, two teams that are really kind of fighting for uh, for the character and, and backbone of the team to find out what they're made of. Yeah, uh, overall in the series, uh, LA Galaxy have 16 wins, RSL 11 wins, five draws uh, in this uh, particular matchup. These used but Salt Lake one win in the last five. Yeah, and and two of their last nine. I mean, they're not they're not a good team. This isn't this isn't a team where you're sitting there going, oh yeah, they're great. Uh, if you go back in the last three matches the LA Galaxy have played, uh, they won a game in uh, at RSL in 2019, and then in 2020 the game at RSL they lost two nothing. Uh, played at LA, uh, the LA Galaxy won the game on November 1st, 2022 to one. So, I mean, overall, the Galaxy have had some some success, and that was even last year which with a pretty bad team. Uh, RSL has the ability to get better in certain areas, and they have some good players. You know, Krylock is is very good. Uh, you know, Rubin up top and Rusnak. Um, and then you talked about Ochoa on the back there with Justin Glad. I mean, Justin Miram is on this side as well. They have some good players. Um, so it's not ridiculous to say that, you know, RSL may be underperforming themselves right now. But when you look at this, much like the Vancouver game, you sit there and say, OK, you know, the, the teams, the, the Galaxy are supposed to win games against the teams, you know, that that are worse than them. And RSL right now is a worse team than the LA Galaxy. Now, with all those missing and with the Galaxy not playing well against Vancouver, you know, is this the start of the slide? You could see this going wrong for the LA Galaxy. So I think the start of this is going to be important. But most importantly for me is if the LA Galaxy get that early lead Kevin what do they do in the second half to make sure that they keep that lead or extend that lead because this is a team that we have criticized for not putting the game away many times they did it against FC Dallas and we're like oh problem solved well problem not solved against Vancouver um, so you know Greg Vanny can say it's not their MO to to be softer in the second half but I think we've seen this LA Galaxy team do that um, and so you know how are they going to respond to that whenever they know the bench they have is not the best so bringing those guys in they're going to have to get those starters those starters have to win games for them so I mean you look at the starting lineup from um, from the Vancouver game and I don't know that you change it much I am of the belief that revolution will be okay for this game I want to say it's precautionary and I think they're going to be okay, but there's a good chance that he's either on the bench or he's not playing Kevin. Um, and that makes the bench even shorter uh, whenever you look at it. So Adam Saldana might have to come in and play. And I think he's struggled in, in some of these situations. So um, a lot of things. Are you talking about a revolution again? It's got to be something like, did you? So every time now that there is an LA galaxy game, I get pulled into these like pronunciation arguments about revolution. Right. And I'm like, the dude, I literally have the video of him saying his own name, which I have sent to broadcasters of other teams, broadcasters like within the LA Galaxy organization as well. I send it to him anytime anybody wants to question about how you say his name. You, you are, This is your argument. Either Ryan Revolution doesn't know how to say his own name, which is the argument you're making whenever you don't say it the way that he does, or or what? What's the other argument? That you just yeah. that you want to say it the way that you want to say it? You realize you're talking to me, right? I still haven't got... To- Ibrahimovic or Scalotto down. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but you know what? I'm still three seasons ago. You know what? Even though you 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 speak audibly on this podcast, uh, for the most part, you write and you spell it correctly. So we should give you credit for that. I mean, I can spell Ibrahimovic from memory, which is really I. You know, the one I can't do is Vladko. Uh, I can't even say his name. Vladko, no. the woman's actual team coach. I have no prayer. Can Can I tell you that Sasha question? Um, is great. I can spell that one too. Is great. But do you know that probably once a week I look up to make sure it's still S A C H A and not S A S H A? Like I have to do it every single time just to make sure that I'm spelling it correctly whenever I'm doing it. I'm not. I, you, 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 you make a good point that I never thought of. I can actually spell those names. I yes. just can't say them. You just can't say them. Which is what I do. That's my job. So. All right. Fine. Good. Um, anyway, LA Galaxy play RSL coming up on Wednesday night. Um, the good news, I guess, is that RSL was in L.A. and so now they have to come back. So there was some travel for them. Um, so, you know, that's that puts them at a little bit of a disadvantage. The LA Galaxy staying and training in, in Salt Lake where it's been warm. I think it was around 96 degrees when fans started showing up to the Vancouver game because, Kevin, even though we say there were no fans there, there were. It was just a handful, right? There were some LA yeah, Galaxy fans that, that went there. Probably more Galaxy fans than Vancouver fans. Correct. Correct. Yes, that's how it goes. So uh, Galaxy Spectrum Sportsnet, that game, uh, Nikki K, Kobe Jones, Joe Ducino, will be on the call for that one. I would imagine that they have a pregame show that starts around 6.30, so 
so you might want to tune into that if you uh, if you want. And then again, 7:08 p.m. kickoff time, so uh, it'll happen quickly. Usually, when Spectrum has the games, it's on the eights. If it's a seven o'clock game, it's 7:08. 7:30 game, 7:38. All right. So that's what we got here, uh, Kevin. Anything else you want to touch on before we uh, get on out of here? Well, it, you can see over my shoulder here. There's those words. Whoever, right. you, so, yeah, yeah. Right. There's actually a saying painted on my wall in English. Whoever is happy will make others happy. Whoever is happy will make others happy. I saw one. And, of, and, yeah. yeah, my colleague next door has something about soup on his. Yeah, you know, like, like about making soup. Like you can't make good soup if you don't have like a full heart or something like. I don't yeah, know. Something, was, yeah, exactly. Something, exactly. Fe- something feels lost in translation on that one. Ooh, ooh, good movie though. By the way, lost in translation. It, it takes place in Japan. Look at that. <laughs> it does. We're yeah. we're quitting. We're quitting while we're ahead. I just made a good reference. We're gonna call it a day. All right, Kevin. Uh, you good? You ready for some Olympics? Sayonara. All right. So Friday, July twenty third, the Olympics start. That's opening. That's quote unquote opening ceremonies. Right. Yeah. Yes, nobody's because, don't be there either. It's going to be like a crowd in Salt Lake City. Right. But yes. the women's national team starts Wednesday. Okay. So they start on Wednesday. And then I should point out that on July 23rd, not only is it, you know, my birthday on July 23rd, but then it is also Ted Lasso season two gets released as yes, well. It so, is. so there's a lot of you things. Want to know what happens? You no, know what happens? no, you're not allowed to say I will mute you. <laughs> so that way you can't tell people what happens. We know. I know you've seen some stuff. All right. Um, I think that about does it. If you're looking for Mr. Some things, man. Yeah, I'm sure you have. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11 head on over to latimes.com uh where you can find all this writing and he is covering the olympics so make sure you uh, check up on him make sure he's still you know alive in his quarantined hotel room there for a little while we'll see how that goes if you're looking for me uh looking for me on twitter it's at jgesman j-g-u-e-s-m-a-n and of course at galaxy podcast corner the galaxy.com is where you can find all of our videos all of our podcasts all of our writings our articles all that stuff corner the galaxy.com and where you can get your live show tickets coming up july 31st at taps brewery in orange county in tustin all right hopefully we'll see you out there celebrate my 40th birthday with me july 31st coming up quickly get those tickets all right for mr Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.